0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com style. There is no better drop of plants power Than
1: forms of the shrubby potentilla Producing single rose.
0: Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with your gardening quandaries. I hope that you all enjoyed your Easter and got to spend some time over the long weekend in the garden. On today's podcast, I'll be catching up with Sally-Ann Foreman of Walker's Bulbs at Taylor's. She shares some tips on how to select the best bulbs for your garden. As the season is upon us, We'll also find out about Growing for Showing. My thanks to Hayloft Nurseries, sponsor of this podcast. What a weekend. Goodness, I've never known an Easter like it. And the street trees, absolutely magnificent. I always love to see the Japanese cherries come out Uh, and very often they've started to fade before the uh, ornamental crabs, the malus, start flowering but for some reason we've got them all at once. It's going to be a great life but a rather short one I'm afraid. That high temperature means that the buds open, flowers blossom but the petals drop a bit quick and it's uh, much the same story with most of the tulips You know, they look fantastic, but that very high temperature, I'm afraid, will mean that uh, within a matter of days, the petals are starting to fall. I did have my first cut of asparagus. although that's interesting because looking back in the diary, I noticed that in 2009, I was cutting asparagus five or six days earlier than this year. So the soil must have uh, stayed quite cool even though we've had the really high daytime temperatures. I'm afraid I didn't get as many jobs done over Easter as I would like. (laughs) I got a new job on the end of a hose watering. Trying to keep things wet, as well as all the spring jobs, is quite demanding. I did notice on an allotment in Reading over the Easter weekend that one or two of the first strawberry flowers had black centres. I mean that's what's happened when we have a night frost and so those of you who uh, the week before had strawberries just coming into flower and three or four degrees of frost at night if you've got a a black centre to the flowers I'm afraid they're not going to fruit you're going to lose at least those with luck subsequent flowers will set and you should have a reasonable crop. It's worth remembering with uh, strawberries that you don't mulch them, don't put straw under them to keep the fruits up off the soil until every chance of frost has gone. If the soil is uncovered, it releases a bit of warmth and that reduces the chance of frost. (laughs) This week, uh, our guest for interview is sally Ann Foreman, from O&A Taylor's Bulbs up in Holbeach, I was there recently for their Open Day, celebrating a centenary of this family business. Uh, boy, the wind came in off the North Sea. That was really cold. Uh, Sally-Ann, how are things up there in Whole the Beach today? Have you still got that wind?
1: Yes, it's still very windy. Um, sun's shining and it's promising to warm up as the week goes on but yet yeah, still extremely windy.
0: Boy, it was a lazy wind when I was with you, Hey. Eh?
1: Oh, went... we get a lot of that here. With it being <laughs> flat, it just goes straight through you. Oh,
0: it does indeed, yeah. Now, Sally, and tell us a bit about O&A Tailors. I mean, it's a family business, isn't it? Uh, and fourth generation, I think.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, the company was established in 1919. Um, straight after the First World War, Um, and we're now being governed by a fourth generation of the Taylors family, who are Adam and Sam Taylor, um, along with Sam's father, Roger.
0: And, and, I mean, you're farmers and bulb growers, aren't you?
1: Yes, we are. We farm over 750 hectares, Um, and of that we grow about 150 hectares of daffodils. Um, which is in approximation about 500 different varieties of daffodils.
0: It's amazing. Uh, uh, um, But the main thrust will be, what, uh, 30 or 40 different kinds? Uh, You know, if I go into a garden centre and Taylors are a major supplier, yes. uh, there'll be you know the, the varieties like Ice Follies, Golden Harvest, Flower Record, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the collection you look after um, is just a, a very special collection, isn't it?
1: The Walker side themselves, we do specialise in, in daffodils. Um, we have um, a, quite a collection. Some varieties are available to the masses, some aren't, and that's um, where the Walkers Mail Order Division comes in, because we don't have the the quantities that you know to release to the to the general market, but we still have sufficient on most varieties that we can still supply specialist growers and people that you know want something a little bit different or a little bit more special in their gardens. Yeah,
0: now when I was up with you, I was surprised to see those huge lifting machines, and I think Sam told me that you could lift a ton of bulbs a minute with mm. one of those machines. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. if, if the weather was anyhow friendly. If, if,
1: if it's decent weather and the ground's good and uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing just how much they can get through.
0: You just wonder where they all go.
1: <laughs> well, some of them obviously do go out to be pre-packed and into garden centres and, and uh, landscapers, et cetera. Um, and some of them we do replant because obviously we want to keep stocks going. So you have to replant some of it to be able to increase it.
0: And and Sam was telling me that uh, if he was planting in his garden, he would always go for the large top size. Are you with him on that advice?
1: Uh, We always suggest buying the, um, the, the best size available for that product. Um, daffodils you know come in a varying sizes um, and things like pheasant eye are, are, are not as big as as probably camelot and Carlton, um, which are your plain yellows so really um, you can say just buy the best top size that you can it's not always going to be the same size bulb for every variety though
0: yes now within a variety yes get the biggest bulbs that are available yes. of that variety may cost you a little more yeah but you get more flowers, and you get a much better, longer life in the garden yes, with do, these yeah. better bulbs. Yeah. yeah, we've spoken about the sort of general production, seven hundred and fifty hectares of land. I mean it. Uh, I prefer the fifteen hundred. Old money, acres, you know. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I, I understand that a bit better. Well, well, football pitch is about an acre, isn't it? Yes, it
1: uh, is, yeah. Yeah,
0: so it gives me some better idea. Uh, um, but uh, you, you've taken over from Johnny Walker with the uh, collection mm. of uh, bulbs, and so you'll be appearing behind the rope at flower shows this spring.
1: Yeah, I mean, as a team, we've always been um, here. We've always been doing our everyday jobs. But, you know, now um, we're we're getting slightly more involved. Sam's always done the farming side and the the care of the bulbs while in the field. And I've always done all the looking after the customers and everything else as well. So it's not something that's dreadfully new, but it is slightly daunting actually being the one with the final say-so.
0: Now, when this podcast goes out, you'll actually be behind the rope at the Harrogate Spring Show where presumably you cut stuff from the open field, flowering naturally, but then in, what is it, about a month's time, there'll be Chelsea and most of them will be over. So how do you cope with these different
1: shows? (laughs) Each one's totally different. They're they're totally nerve-wracking in their own way. Um, Harrogate is picked out of the field. Um, Thankfully, we have quite a few varieties and quite a few stems to go up. Um, The early warm weather in February made a lot of things flower a lot earlier than we would have expected in a normal spring, although we never get a normal spring anymore. Um, But, yeah, everything um, for Harrogate is picked out of the field, goes into cold storage. Some of them have been in cold storage now 10, 14 days. So when we actually get round to displaying at Harrogate, what we don't want is really warm weather really quickly because once they've been out, from the the fridge, they uh, they do go over very quickly.
0: And so, what stage do you pick them at?
1: We pick it for, full open.
0: Oh, do you? What when they go into cold store, they're still yes. fully open.
1: So so they go into cold storage full open. Some varieties may be younger than others, depending on the colour. Because as you know, some flowers start pink and then change to yellow, and and some start cream and then change to white. So we try to pick them at the best stage from a display point of view wise we think you know that they're the prettiest at but we have to pick full open because obviously what we don't want for being judged is split cups brown petals damaged formation to the petals so we have to pick full open because if you pick in bud you can't see what it's going to open out as
0: oh right yeah and then transporting them i mean you've got to keep them a bit open haven't you
1: um, yeah, they, it's it's a bit primitive, really, the transportation-wise, but they all go in buckets in the back of a van and we just uh, get up to Harrogate as quickly as we can to get them out and uh, hopefully not sweat them too much in a van.
0: That's fairly straightforward. Most of us can understand Harrogate. But what about Chelsea, then? Yeah. I mean, so you, you can't cold store them for a month, no. presumably.
1: Ch- Chelsea is at the end of May. So we actually pre-plant the bulbs just after Christmas.
0: Yes, just a minute. When you say pre-plant, in containers... We
1: we plant them in in, uh, big plastic trays so they're portable and we can move them around. We let them root and then they go into cold storage. So in January, they go into an artificial hibernation um, where all the other girls are waking up outside in the field. Um, These ladies are actually going to sleep and they're having an artificial winter. Right. So Chelsea is um 18th we would go down and start prepping the 19th of may for that for for the show the week after but the bulbs will actually go into our glass house about the 24th 25th of april so we're about three weeks before the show when they go into the glass house
0: and how much growth will there be above the soil then?
1: They'll have only just be peeking through.
0: Just You'll just have little bits of sort of yellowy leaf just showing. Uh,
1: yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously we we're a week before we actually start seeing anything after they go into the glasshouse. And depending on weather conditions, and hopefully we all want a nice warm May, but we don't really want any tropical heat waves to arrive as chaos breaks out. They all start developing over the three weeks and after uh, about seven to ten days we are then picking like crazy um, and they again will go in cold storage before we bring them up for the show.
0: That's amazing then, isn't it, how quick they grow.
1: <clears throat> oh, but, yes, very. But,
0: but, they'll, um, but they'll have had a really good long winter. Yes. They've got, made all of that root, you take them into the warm and then whoop, yeah. up they go.
1: But You have to remember that daffodils are a cold weather flower. Um, and we are bringing them out into a glasshouse in May, which is two, three times the temperature of what they normally would experience during a normal spring outside. Um, So we really are sort of messing with with their minds and and making them think, oh, we should have been flowering by now, and and that's when they flower so rapidly. But the problem as well is um, um, not only um, temperature, but uh, sun and shade... Um, You don't want flowers that just go straight up in the air. You need flowers that will still gooseneck and give you a good presentation.
0: And last year that was a bit of a problem, wasn't it? You get very high temperature. It
1: was, yes. They
0: they flower facing upwards Upwards, instead of facing out at 90 degrees.
1: Yeah, so they tend to just stretch up towards the sun and the heat at the top um, and and you end up with flowers that uh, are just flowering on top of the spikes instead of... um, curling over and facing outwards.
0: Yeah. Now, you have lots of different varieties um, and and bowls of each variety. must take quite a bit of time to stage those.
1: Mm. We have, on average, on both stands, on the Harrogate and the Chelsea stand, between 70 and 80 varieties, all different. And it takes us approximately about 20 minutes per bowl to actually arrange it and and display it um, as we would like for judging.
0: Well, now when we meet up at Chelsea and I stand and see you doing that, can I have a go?
1: Of course you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'll teach you how to do it. How,
0: how good will it have to be for my bowl to be Very on display? Good. Will if, it?
1: if it don't make the grade, it's not going on the stand. <laughs>
0: We're now to come right back to basics and our own back gardens. Uh, people who've got daffodils who've gone over, what's the treatment now? What do, what do they need to do?
1: They need to leave them alone. Just let them get on with whatever they're going to do. Make sure that they let the leaves die down naturally. Don't tie them. Don't break them. Um, you know, don't, don't damage the leaf as well any, in any way at all. The leaf is the food source for the flower for next year. So if you imagine from the tips of the leaves down to the bulb, as the leaf dies down, the energy all goes back into the bulb to generate its own little pressure cooker to develop the flower for next year.
0: And what about feeding? I mean, uh, uh, if your bulbs in the fields, are they fertilised?
1: With the, with the quantity that we've got, it, it's very difficult. We do use a fertiliser, uh, not that would be generally available to the public, um, publicly in your own garden, we vow by tomorite. Oh, right. Um, you know, it's a good low nitrogen feed, which means that it feeds the flower, uh, not the foliage. Right. With some of these other feeds, what you end up doing is just getting lots of fl- foliage um, and, and it just diminishes your flower production.
0: I mean, we very commonly have that question, my daffodils haven't flowered this year, so so could one of the explanations be too much high nitrogen?
1: Could be. well be depends on your soil ph that you've already got that you've uh, grown into also um, you know blindness is a big question and with daffodils in particular it could either be too much water or too little water Um, they do like moisture retentive um, well-drained soil so with anything that's got a, a root on it that develops like a bulb they don't like being sat in water this is why people who have clay really struggle to grow Um, really good bulbs year on year Um, and if it's too dry um, poor root development also uh, will affect your growth
0: Well now when people stand in front of your Harrogate spring display choosing is going to be very difficult Hopefully. Because every bowl of I mean, they just look stunning, the colours and the shapes and everything. Can you give us one or two favourites that people should grow? I mean, when I came and saw your display for the centenary open day, uh, I, there was a very bright, large, red-cupped of. Uh, Narcissus was it called fortissimo?
1: Yes it was. Yeah. Now, it's a lovely variety just to bulk your garden out and it's got a really lovely bright um yeah bright orange frilly cup to it. Really big flower and, head.
0: And is that fairly free flowering? Because when I walked to f- the fields I think it was flower record looked as if it was very free flowering. You mm-hmm. know the rose looked as if they'd got a lot more blooms. Oh
1: yes. Yes, they do flower really, really well.
0: And, and then one was very late. So if you want a, a succession of flowers from, shall we say, uh, March with February gold, doesn't usually flower until March, does it? But it depends
1: from... on the season. It, ca- it can come out earlier. I mean, we do actually, it is possible to have daffodils from January through to May.
0: Right. Well, you had a very late one in the field called eminent, is is that available yes. generally or is that just within the Walker collection?
1: It's definitely available within the Walker collection. Um, it is um, a very lovely flower, if you remember it. It was white um, with a very nice, neat yellow cup um which as it matures it darkens the the yellow rim to you, the edge of the book. I didn't
0: see it because it was still in in bud when, oh, yeah and oh, that's what it? that's what struck me oh. how late it was yeah yes but but you know I, I've given you mine and, and and really I should be listening to the three or four that would be your favorites if that's a, a possible question <laughs>
1: Oh, well, they're all favourite. It really is difficult. Um, Lancaster is, is one of my all-time favourites. It's a gorgeous white um, with a lovely orange, green, red centre to it, a really deep hypnotic eye to it. Uh, Precocious, which is white with a really fluffy pink centre, is, is another one. But then th- things like Thalia that are bulletproof and just go anywhere and will do really well in the garden. Um, but generally, there's not any that I don't
0: like. Will will the visitors to Harrogate be able to see Lancaster and uh, Precocious?
1: Yeah, uh, definitely Lancaster. Uh, Precocious is in the cold store. Um and I'm not 100% sure whether she'll make it for the stand at the moment.
0: (laughs) sally Ann, thank you very much for joining us. Wish you every success at Harrogate. Let's hope the temperature is uh, warm enough to uh, stand behind the rope comfortably, but not so hot that it causes problems.
1: Oh, great. Thank you ever so much, and look forward to seeing you at Chelsea. Thanks, Sally-Anne. Thank
0: you. On the news front this week, uh, growers of salad and vegetable seedlings for sale at garden centres report very heavy demand. After being caught uh, somewhat ill-prepared by the warm February weather, they reckon that the increase in demand uh, is uh, for a variety of reasons. They think... uh, Healthy eating is encouraging people to grow their own and, of course, if you pick it absolutely fresh, the the taste is improved. And then, of course, there's the fear that uh, all of fresh vegetable prices could increase with whatever the outcome is for Brexit. Uh, I think it's mainly the weather. If if the weather is conducive to us going out fairly early into the garden and getting the soil knocked into shape, well, then... uh, we are very tempted to get a few lettuce plants, calabrese, cabbage, and if you do, of course, you save a lot of time. If we sow lettuce now, of course, it's going to be a couple of months at least before we cut hearted lettuce, but you can trim several weeks off that by just buying a punnet, and most families only need, I don't know, six or 12 plants, uh, and that keeps them well supplied. A Nursery consultant, John Adlam, Uh, says that insufficient winter rain means that water supplies uh, have not been replenished uh, and it it could be short this summer. So, uh, well worth keeping the water butts full, I would think. Although, uh, in England, when we really get worried about something, uh, weather-wise, Mother Nature usually answers the call and I wouldn't be a bit surprised if when we get into June or July, the heavens open and we get plenty of rain. At present, uh, my soil is certainly dry uh, and I've started to use a hose already on a number of plants, even on our heavy clay soil. But the soil is now warm enough to really get crack in sowing stuff, um, and I do encourage people to sow hardy annual flowers. They're so easy, they're so pretty, and and really just a scattering a seed on some well-cultivated soil is all it takes to pick some really good flowers. And of course the time is coming now when uh, not just the hardy annuals, we can also start to sow uh, the tender ones. Late April and early May is the time I like to sow zinnias. And if you're in a very cold part of the country, well then it's worth sowing the seeds into cell trays and just germinate them indoors so that you have a nice little well-rooted plant to go out late May, early June. But in my garden, I will, yes, grow some in cells, but the main lot will just be sown in the soil. I space the seeds about an inch or so apart in rows and then pop a cloche over them for a couple of weeks just so they have some warmth. And also it dries the top out a bit, uh, which will delay or or, uh, deter uh, uh, the slugs coming. I mean, it's another benefit from growing in cells. If you've got zinnias well up and the stems beginning to get a bit stiff, then they're less likely to be eaten by slugs and snails. What's on? Well, as you've already heard, the Harrogate Spring Show from the 25th to the 28th, and the RHS Garden at Hyde Hall have a spring plant fair on the 27th and 28th, and there are plant hunters fairs in Shrewsbury and Malpas on the 27th and 28th. My tailpiece is about violas. They have lots of common names, the wild, Viola tricolor is, uh, yes, very commonly called heart's ease. And according to Anne Swithenbank, writing in Amateur Gardening, they're also known as Tickle My Fancy and Kiss Me at the Garden Gate. Well, I hadn't come across those names before. Have to be careful where I use those common names, I think. Thanks to Hayloft Nurseries, sponsors of this podcast, and also my producer this week, Rich Jarman. I look forward to speaking to you next week with more news from the garden. Oh, just a quick postscript. My producers just showed me a stunning picture of bluebells in full flower. It's very easy to miss them, particularly when the weather's warm. So if you've got a bluebell wood near you, next weekend, just try and go out and give yourself a real treat. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.